third minute at Old Trafford. Welcome to Kringle Talks Football. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Kringle Talks Football. This is a Anything and Everything Goes podcast, as I've mentioned before. This this comes immediately after the Crystal Palace Arsenal game um, at the Emirates Stadium. And I am very delighted to welcome a long-time friend and somebody you've probably heard before on a previous podcast of mine and his and the other fella, the Liverpool fan. Um, I'm delighted to welcome Zach Ooze. You can follow him at Zach Ooze on Twitter. Zachy, how are we today, buddy? Hello. Hello, Chris. Yeah, good. Thank you. Long time no podcast. Really <laughs> it felt really weird not to say as always and then introduce Bav as Bav underscore. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tonight's game. Wow. This is going to be a very quick one, isn't it? Yeah. There wasn't, wasn't much to talk about, really, is there? <laughs> uh, should we start with lineup? So um, obviously, you gave me a little bit of a predicted lineup. Um, for my YouTube channel, for those of you who don't know, YouTube channel is Kringle Talks Football as well. How original. Um, so if you haven't already, guys, go and subscribe. Uh, follow me on Twitter as well, Mr. CJ Wright. Subscribe, notification button, all that jazz that you find on YouTube. Um, Zach gave me a little bit of, a, inf- bit of a, yeah, information um, about the Palace lineup that he thought would be. And you almost, you was almost there. You got 10 out of 11 right, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I just thought they might teach Eze a lesson and put him on a bench, but they didn't do that with Luka Milivojevic when he was out uh, New Year's Eve, so maybe I was a bit silly there. I was just expecting a bit more punishment for him, but um, he's a he's a better player, so I'm glad he started. Uh, yeah, yeah 10 be- out of 11, happy with that. Yeah, when you said initially uh, Van Anholt, uh, that was the only one for me that I was like... Oh, I was trying to. Uh, to be fair, I was trying to think of who else you probably could play there because I, I, I couldn't. I didn't see you go in Zaha left wing. I think the the days of Zaha left sided are long gone. Yeah, particularly in this formation, the four four two. He he yeah. he won't work hard enough defensively, and we need him up the higher end of the pitch because we sit so deep. We can't have him on the left mid. Uh, yeah. It's normally Schlup, but he's got a really bad hamstring injury, so he's out for three months, I think. Ooh, I didn't. I didn't know it was three months. Jesus, two three That's months bad. apparently. Yeah, which normally Jeez. they're normally like six weeks. So yeah, really bad. So you're like a grade, whatever a terror. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're, we're pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, bad. It's it's just bad. Um, to be fair, he's been really good actually. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. He has. He has. I was going to say is. Um, I wasn't surprised to see Eze starting because mm. I think alongside Wilf, he's you know he's definitely your most dangerous player in terms of creative um, outlet and um, doing things that kind of other players in the squad Definitely. can't. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too surprised um, to see him in, in the starting lineup. And, um, I mean, my, my prediction for our starting lineup was uh, not accurate, if I must say. Um, I I didn't really, obviously, knowing now that uh, Tierney and Pablo Mari both had a, not, not not an injury as such, more of like a tight hamstring, tight calf. Mm. Uh, you know, it's just precautionary in it, just to leave him out the side. And I, and I wasn't that I wasn't that fussed because I think Tierney's played a lot of football, and yeah. you've got to be careful with him anyway because of his injury record in the past. Um, 
And obviously, yeah, Maitland-Niles came in at left-back, you know, judging by what I saw on Twitter via the Arsenal fans. Not too disheartened by that. I think everybody was quite on board with it um, to start with. Not as much so as the game went on, let's be fair. Yeah, <laughs> um, oh, he wasn't he wasn't great at all, was he? Um, let's be fair. Um, but let's let's start let's start and dissect whatever we can from this game because there wasn't a lot to dissect. Um, I thought you started, you started okay, actually. I think yeah, Sabaya we did quite well. I thought Abamyang a couple of touches. He looked quite sharp. Always get making quite good runs. I was always mm-hmm. worried he'd get get isolated with Joel Ward, but he didn't often get the ball often enough. Actually, after the first first period. No. Um, I think yeah, I think you lot allowed us a lot of space down the left hand side. Yeah. I think probably more so because the fact Tierney wasn't playing. I think had Tierney been playing, it might have been a different game. I think yeah, we we tried to attack a lot down the right as well. Um, very which happy that Tierney was Tierney wasn't playing because he just got yeah. so much energy and yeah. I think him and Saka would have been well. Saka sometimes on the right, isn't he? But he's on the right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I guess it would yeah. be two, yeah. two things to watch. I think. Aubameyang wasn't getting the ball, so we didn't have to really worry no. about him. Um, yeah, I, thought I think the thing is, first half. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I agree completely. Um, I felt to be fair. I mean, I must. I, I want to watch the game back, especially the first half. I think there was a couple of opportunities where we got into. I'm not going to say dangerous positions because yeah. they weren't, but it was more at least attacking third positions where the final ball just wasn't there. Yeah. You know, the, the only one I really looked back on was the, um, I think it was Smith Rowe played the ball across and he aimed for Lacazette and I think Bellerin yeah. took it off his foot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but, but other than that, yeah, the abandonment. I mean, you know, a funny thing was, I think a friend of mine texted me about five minutes before that going, I don't know what's going on with the Bamiang, he can't dribble past people, he can't even take any shots. And then about a second later he went and then he done that. And I was I'm as you know, like most games at the moment, I'm like about a good twenty seconds behind. So I was like, oh, what did he do? What did he do? I'm texting and then I look at the shot and I'm like, oh he okay, he took a shot. Yeah. He didn't score. He <laughs> yeah. just took a shot. Um but no I, I thought you were definitely the brighter of the two what teams what and because what was he where was he playing last year? Same position? In a similar position, but I think last year I was going to say that a minute ago. Actually. Well, last year he was playing sort of on the left of the three, but then we played with the sort of back five. So it allowed for Saka at the time, who was playing left wing back, to move into more of a left uh, left mid position or a left wing yeah. position, which in turn allowed Aubameyang to move centrally. Right. I think when you take Tierney out of the side, because obviously you can see we've gone to a flat back four at the moment, but I think when you take Tierney out of the side, or, if, or when you have him in the side, sorry, it allows him just to basically be that sort of left back, left mid, and left wing winger all in all in one. Yeah. Which again, in turn, then tells like allows Abamyang to sort of drift inside. Um, I mean, I I wasn't I was surprised at half time. We'll get into the second half and the first, the rest of the first half. Mm. But I was surprised we didn't make the change of put Saka left back a bit quicker. Yeah, I thought you would. Um, but I mean. We'll get into that in a second, but yeah, the rest of that first half, I thought you were on top. Um, yeah, we should have made a couple of chances count. I think hundred percent carried that header by so yeah. lucky. Uh, it, I think commentator said it came off the side of his head, didn't it, or something? Yeah, it did. Yeah, and Benteke had that header, which Leno made a good, pretty decent yeah. save. Good save. Yeah, I think yeah. we we got to, to the box and we just, I think Zaha was quite guilty of like messing around with it a bit. He just didn't. Yeah, 
that they try to be too clever. Um, but I think that's what's been missing for both our sides. Often. Oh, massively, <laughs> massively. And I think, you know what, just on the, the basis of tonight, I think for Arsenal, obviously I think we can get into the, the discussion of um, backup left-back because Maitland-Niles is just not a left-back. Yeah. I mean, we've let Klasinac go out. Um, by all intents and purposes, he's not a left-back, he's more of a left-wing-back, but yeah. Maitland-Niles yeah. just wasn't on him. That's Klasinac. Yeah, he's gone to uh, Schalke on loan for the rest oh, of the season. Oh, that's where he came from, didn't he? Yeah, so, and, and one of the stipulations was that he was made captain. Huh? Which he's been, yeah, he's been made captain. Um, and so he turned up at Schalke. They'd been on like a, they hadn't won a game in like 31 games or something oh, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that. And his first game, they won 3-0. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, like I was saying, the pressing need, obviously, for a left a backup left-back mm-hmm. anyway, especially if Tierney's injury or his at least his fitness is sort of up and down yeah. but the need for creativity in the midfield I thought you know as well as Emil Smith-Rowe has done the last five or four or five games he's definitely you can't allow him to do the job by himself mm. um, he needs somebody who's more experienced who can take the game um, yeah. and he can learn off of I think um, I mean, there's, you know, rumours of uh, David Ornstein's tweeted that Arsenal are interested in trying to sign at least an attacking midfielder so that Smith-Rowe can learn off of and then eventually take over from permanently. Yeah. But I think the pressing need for somebody else to come in to give you that is is very, very evident because not that he did, he had a bad game, but he just wasn't as influential as he has been in yeah, previous yeah. games. They're a bit of a dying um, I can't really think of many people you could get. Off the top of my head, well, I think yeah, he is definitely it's definitely a dying breed, and I think if you allow, I mean, I've said it many times before that we, if you without trying to steal Man City's formation, mm. but having the way they play with that sort of not with with defensive midfielder, you say, and I think Arsenal would look at party as that, yeah, um, and then you have basically two players who, in an attacking sense, can run off it. So if Smith Rowe is one of them, good. That's fine because he can learn still on the job. But then you also have somebody who's more suitable to that role. And I think the links to players like Julian Brandt or Emi Buendia are are heating up a bit more now than they were sort of at the pressing more pressing times. Um, and so I think that's the way we'd go forward, especially with Smith Rowe, because his link up play, especially with the likes of Saka and Lacazette have been fantastic the last few weeks. But tonight, I think, credit to Palace, to be fair, you snuffed it out mm. quite often. Um, so, but as well, side note for Arsenal, I thought Xhaka and Sabayos in the midfield were fantastic yeah, tonight. Yeah, like Milivojevic and McArthur are great, great as well. Yeah, I was going to say, it was a battle of the midfield and both yeah. midfielders, or both sets of midfielders stood up perfectly. Arguably, those four were the best on the pitch, probably. And that's probably Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'd agree with that. They defended um, really well. I think all of them made great tackles, blocks. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think I was saying beforehand, I wasn't keen on them too as a partnership because some of the games have just been overrun. But actually, I think against Tobias and Xhaka was the perfect matchup because no, yeah, no, hundred percent. No, no four of them are lightning quick or. <laughs> so I think it's. And I was going to say, and to be fair, it suited. It definitely, you're right. It suited both because. Mm. Without you know, Milivojevic and McArthur are not the type to run off the off the off the striker. No, so they're not having to worry about third man runs. And the same goes for Xhaka and Sabas. Yeah, as much as the second half, we were a lot more in your half than 
you know, vice versa. But yeah. so you, you never really saw Sabayas or Xhaka sort of get into the final third. It's, no, they sort of got to the final third and that went, that okay, that's it. MacArthur used to do that. Yeah. Pop up the odd goal. Um, I think that's what missing Sabayas' game, isn't it? I thought he'd probably yeah. be a bit more creative in the final third. But a couple of great passes today, but I thought he'd be oh, thank you. Yeah. at number 10. I well, maybe not goal scorer. <laughs> yeah, I think... I think when we initially signed him, I think that was the plan, mm. sort of to use him in that role, sort of, because I think Mesut Ozil was still in and around the first team, so it wasn't as if he'd been completely frozen out by that point, and I think Sabahis was brought in initially as that, and then as the sort of monks grew on, it was kind of evident that he wasn't he wasn't a player um, like, I won't really use Ozil too much because Ozil never really made that third man run, but like De Bruyne who makes the run in off, this, off the striker. He's never. He was never that. He's never been that. So it's quite difficult. And it's like, okay, cool. So now, where do we actually play him? And then it sort of got deeper and deeper. And then it was just the case of sitting alongside Jacker, which, I mean, last season after the restart, I think we spoke about it previously. But after the restart, he was one of our better players. Yeah. Um, but again, without any end product. Yeah. So. As much as Arsenal fans were really delighted to see him sign back again, it was kind of like, okay, cool, but we definitely need an upgrade on this. And yeah, um, I think it's okay I if would... you have the four of them. Um, yeah, you have, yeah. You have Tierney being creative and Bellerin, but Bellerin has just dropped off massively. Like, yeah, he, he has. hasn't developed from from his young age when he was no uh, in everyone's FIFA team and <laughs> <laughs> just for his pace. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, as well, didn't he? Like, I yeah, he yeah. He did. I mean, he, um, I've been watching his, um, journey on, on his YouTube channel on about, um, his, basically his return to football from the ACL injury. Mm. And it's, I mean, if you get a chance to watch it, I, I would suggest it. It's, it's been quite an eye opener in terms of into like the sort of ins and outs of a footballer's day-to-day life, let's say. And obviously the, I mean, it's quite funny. He referenced, I think, in one of the episodes about um, what fans have been saying about him, about he should just focus on his football, leave the hair leave the hair alone, leave the fashion alone. And it was like, I mean, it's so it's it's definitely something that gets the footballers. And he's all, and he also referenced the fact that during the time of being out injured, um, he was not drinking heavily, but he was definitely drinking a lot more than he would usually do. Yeah. between matches because he said he just felt in such a dark and lonely place. Um, yeah, it must be horrible when you have a long time yeah. as a footballer. I mean, this, to be fair though, I mean, this season, obviously you don't watch as many Arsenal games as I do, but this season I think he's got six or seven assists for us already, oh, which right. for a right-back not bad. Yeah, I mean, you put it on the level of... No, it is all competitions, yeah. I think he's only got th- two or three in the Premier League. But you, you know, you go along the lines of like Trent or Andy Robertson, and they're just in the league mm-hmm. of their own. So you sort of, um, but he's no, he's been he's not one of our better players because you know I'm, I've sort of advocated quite a while that I think we should be looking to upgrade in that position how, anyway. How old is he? Is he still got? He is. I think he's either twenty five or twenty six. Okay, he joined so in two thousand eleven as a. 16 year old he's 25 can you see him no he's not gonna no he's he's not gonna get any better he's he's not um and i the thing is with him he's not necessarily at a level Mm. where you can comfortably say okay cool look we could easily upgrade on a 10 time better player than this person or we could leave him because he's going to give us a seven out of ten performance every game and he's not quite at that level like you know like say for instance like aspilicueta 
mm. you know, or on the left-hand side, like when Man- Monreal was playing, or even saw it, uh, Zabaleta or Sanya. Yeah. They weren't really getting you goals or assists. They weren't bad. They, they every were game. Bad. Yeah. But they do a job and they would give you seven out of ten performance like every game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, you know, he does a job for you. He's not going to get any better, but he's not getting any worse yeah. until he gets to an age where well, it starts Ireland, to, like, to Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Um, but I don't think with Bellerin, he's at that level to rely on him every game. No. So he needs... It's Yeah, it's silly, but um, I've said it in the past. Second like choice. Oh, massively, 100%. Um, but I think there are rumours that uh, Barcelona are looking to sign him in the summer, which, listen, I'll take, I'll take it because... Mm. Um, he's not going to another English club, uh, English club, and he's going back home where he can spend time with his family, which he said he wants to do. So is he from Barcelona, yeah, yeah. So he, apparently, he only grew up a few miles from um, the training ground. Um, so I mean, yes, everybody, everybody knows that he sounds like a Cockney yeah. um, because of the way he speaks. But um, yeah, I think with him. It's definitely time to upgrade on him. I don't think he had a bad game by any stretch of the imagination tonight, but he, he didn't do anything um, to sort of ease the pressure on Maitland-Niles getting away from the spotlight. Um, but yeah, going into the second half, um, I mean, what really happened in the second half? Because I don't remember. Pepe came on, didn't they? Basically, yeah. There was a quite a funny commentary where it was like, Pepe, to party. Uh, the way I can't remember the way the commentator said it, but it was quite a funny, <laughs> quite a funny one. Uh, much, to be honest with you, I think did we have a real, a real chance in the second half? I think your only real chances were the Zaha ball across the box, uh, which yeah, Jacka uh, blocked. Yeah, and I remember you, you messaged in the group saying that I was surprised uh, Zaha didn't go for it. And to be fair, so was I, considering Louise had just been booked. Oh, had he? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was literally two minutes before that, whereas I, um, Louise got booked for me and Zaha in the face. Um, I think he's on the other side of the pitch on the left. He's definitely taking him on. No, yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, he can go either way when he's on that side, but he doesn't, he doesn't feel like yeah. he can go either way when he's on the other side. Which makes he, kind of, he kind of reminds me of me when I'm on a football pitch. I always go on the left, don't yeah, I? I never really yeah, cut him on the yeah. right. Or never, I can't cut outside to the right. You <laughs> feet on the left, but not on the right. Yeah. Not at all. Um, and then I think your other chance was the... Well, actually, no. I think not... It wasn't a chance. Oh, the it was the Zaha went, went... Or the IE one. But the, the other one where I think it was... The corner came in. I think whoever somebody headed it down and it either bounced off of Joel Ward's knee or MacArthur's knee. Oh, MacArthur, yeah. And, yeah. And it, it was yeah. Pecker, I think. Yeah. Um, the IE yeah. one was a bit of a chance. And, then, and Zaha with holding... Yes. yes, that was the other one I was going to reference. I thought he would. I thought he would have burst past holding, but holding is holding did really well. I think it wasn't a penalty. Holding is holding it now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And to be fair, like I've said it before as well, I'm so happy that he signed that contract. He's mm. he's still 25 years old. He's English, and he is actually getting better. That's the thing with holding. Yeah. He's yeah, not. Yeah, he is. He's not sort of staying in that position. He's definitely getting better with each sort of passing game. Yeah. Um, and I but, guess centre backs typically like get reached their peak late 20s don't they so he's still got a few years yeah. to get even better yeah. and to be fair look, if we sell him this summer for you know we're not going to get 40 or 50 but you know 30 million for him then it's a bloody good deal from Arsenal <laughs> for a for a English centre-back so um, but yeah I'm surprised as well like you just said that Zaha didn't burst past him I think um, had that maybe been 15-20 minutes earlier 
with the pace of Zaha, with the sort of relatively more freshness, it might have, mm. might have paid off for him. Yeah. Um, he just didn't have the best of games today, I think. No, no. And, and, and the players that you're sort of looking... Yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. We, I think we just set such high standards for him because he is our best player and he often is the match winner or he's the one that creates everything. And when he doesn't, we're like, oh, he's having a bad game. But maybe he's just not having <laughs> as good a game as he can. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. And I guarantee if you looked at the stats, he probably does everything game. that he usually does. Yeah. But without the end product. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's similar for us in terms of this season, you know, you're not really looking at Aubameyang to make the difference. You're looking at Bakaya Saka to make the difference. And I thought he did a couple of decent things. I think Mitchell held it down quite well on that mm-hmm. side against him. Uh, there's a couple of times where he, Saka didn't uh, get past him, but he sort of cut back in on the left and he just lost Mitchell to get the ball in. Yeah. But the final ball wasn't the best. Yeah, no, Mitchell's uh, been doing really well. He's a great defensive fullback. So I think he reminds you a bit, you know, obviously he's going to get comparisons with Wan-Bissaka. And Wan-Bissaka's a great yes. defensive fullback. And I think people... Yeah. We're expecting a bit more from Wan-Bissaka at, uh, at Arsenal, <laughs> at United. Um, <laughs> but I was never that convinced because I've seen, I saw him play, like you know, 20, 30 times. And yeah. he's so good on the back foot, but he's not great going forward. And playing at United, we've had more of the ball. And obviously, he struggled yes. to adapt to being more of a you know, balanced yeah. attacking sometimes right back. And I think Mitchell yeah. would struggle as well. He's not great going forward. He's He plays it really safe. He can ping a ball in, but not like... Not win, uh, like a like a Lucas yeah. Dean or Robertson. He can just kind of float it. But defensively, he's great. He doesn't. His positioning's brilliant. His man marking's great. So I know you keep trying to say, "Oh, we should snap him up." But I, really, <laughs> I don't think he would suit you at all because he wouldn't be a good backup for me. Because he wouldn't offer that that thing that threat going forward. Um, yeah, I think the only thing is, yeah, the only thing I think with that is, and without sounding like. Arteta is the best manager in the world or Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is not. Mm. But I think it all comes down to the management and the coaching of the player as well, maybe. Yeah, but I also just think technically he's just not got it. Is he not? Okay. I don't think he's bad on the ball, don't get me wrong, but he's very like um, risk averse and maybe that's the management side of it, but also sometimes the player, you you can kind of tell when they get the ball, like he's very rigid. He's not. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and that, to be fair, I was going to say you take Tierney out. That's that is quite poignant in Tierney's game. Yeah, that's like he's Robert definitely Tierney somebody who can take. Yeah, he, yeah, he can definitely take a player on, and that's yeah. what I've been loving about Tierney. Is and that you know what? Going back to Bellerin slightly, that's what Bellerin used to do. Yes, he used to do this thing where he, yeah, he used to do this thing where he'd sort of have the ball in his right foot and sort of just like do that little sort of shuffle across the left, but burst it forward. Yeah. So with his left foot, he bang it forward and just breeze past the player. And I haven't seen him do that probably since before the injury. So you can sort of maybe give him a little bit of due there because of the injury. But um, yeah. you know, just you know, I'm just praying that Tierney doesn't get too many more injuries and Sometimes doesn't lose that. Do they from a long injury? Yeah, I know. No, not in the slightest. Like Benteke had um, an injury, and basically since then he's not been the same. Um, no, no. I, I reckon it's the same for Bellerin. I don't think he will ever reach. No, and that's the thing. I think with Bellerin, he's still tied down to a relatively decent contract. So whatever fee we do get from whoever pays it is going to be a relatively decent fee. Um, so, but again, I've said it before. I think we should upgrade that position anyway. And it's tonight anyway has highlighted how much we need a left back because I don't want to see Saka at left back. Yeah. Um, because you're basically just taking away a great ability in the final third. Um, 
because you know Pepe come on tonight and the Pepe debate will continue and we've had it on the old podcast where I'm like yeah man I'm giving him a chance he's going to come you know he's going to come good but time is running out for him man I put the YouTube video up um, you know I put a YouTube video up a couple of weeks ago yeah saying what how how can we get the best out of Nicola Pepe and that's to sell him um, because he's just not yeah 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 I said it in there I said it in there you joined the club yeah, I just to be fair, look, I said it. I said it previously. I think yeah. the way in, and I said it in the video, he would sue Tottenham or Leicester because of the way he plays. Because if you think about, if you think about Tottenham's game, mm. you know, apart from against the really small teams, even against some of the smaller teams, they have less than forty, sometimes fifty percent of the ball, mm. quite an often a lot of time. So, and if you look at them this season, come on, they're they're two players that they're relying heavily on is Son and Kane. And it's literally pump the ball forward or at least get the ball forward to one of those two and make something happen, Yeah, which with space in behind. And that is what Pepe's good at. You know, he's good at the ball in behind. He's good at is getting it? the ball behind. But yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's a clip. It's about, it's about a 10-minute clip of basically all of Nicola Pepe's goals at Lille. And barring the odd free kick or the odd penalty, I'd say at least 87, 89% of that is him... Ball, not even ball at the top, but ball in behind and him oh, right, just basically yeah. running yeah. in space. You know, it's, you never you, get that because you never really. No. I mean, because no. the ball teams, you 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 dominate the ball. Like I've got, yeah. I guess you probably have most just, of the balls. And tonight. trying to, but it's trying to break them down, isn't it? Yeah, and against the big um, teams, you don't, you really don't even get the ball, do you? But like, it's not like you came no. over the hit on the break either. I mean, look, his yeah, I know his game, his game against his um his goal against Sheffield United earlier in the season was a classic example of that. I think it was Bellerin, actually, who beat the press and basically got the ball out to Nicola Pepe on the right-hand side. And Pepe had so much space to run into, he just literally ran with the ball, slotted it into the bottom corner. Mm. But against teams that sit in, give us a, like, you know, play with a low block, he's trying too much to beat the man. Yeah. And that's just not his game. Slows yeah, the, he slows the game down too much. He tries too much. Oh, way so much. So much. And it's... You know, it, you know. Don't get me wrong. He's a very good player, yeah. but he's just not suited to our game. Technically, he's and that's really good. Uh, yeah, he's just yeah. making just not very good. His, I just don't think his style suits. I mean, potentially you're right. He could suit a team that plays more on the counter, but I just don't think he suits the prem. Like the intensity is not I there. Th- he's he's more of like a. I think there's a reason why when we went for him. Mm. At least, maybe not. I don't think Liverpool actually went for him, but Liverpool were definitely rumoured to be interested in him. Oh, really? And you can see why, because of the way they played. You know, if you look, if you look at Liverpool, especially the Champions League winning side, where yeah. teams hadn't really sussed them out, and Liverpool's game were quite like, you know, all right, we'll give you the ball, you try and break us down, but when you can't, mm. we'll play the ball in behind you and just run into that space. Yeah, and. Um, you know, and I've said it, look, if, if we'd have paid £40 million for Nicola Pepe, I think we would look at it and say, OK, cool, look, we can probably see this out to the end of his contract because £40 million in today's market is not the end of the world. But when you're a club that doesn't really spend north of £50 million often mm. and you're spending £72 million on a player like Nicola Pepe, you want, produ- you want productive, you want end product, right? Signing, isn't he? Yeah, he is, he is. Um I mean, albeit it's still it's still staggered over five years, but I mean that doesn't make any difference because it's still your record signing. Oh, but right. um, he is, yeah, he's definitely 
he's definitely a player that doesn't suit Arteta's style at least. Um, and that, you know, going back to the whole uh, summer where we tried to sign Zaha and we ended up with Nicola Pepe, it will go down in Arsenal history as one of the most ridiculous transfers because mm. as a manager, as a matter I mean, I'm going off board topic a little bit, but as a manager in Emery's case, you feel like the board don't trust you in the slightest, if that's the case, right? So I want this player. This is the player I want. He's the man that's going to win us something or at least get us top four or top three. All right, cool. That's fine. But I'm going to, I'm going to get you this player instead. Completely different person. Doesn't do anything that you want from him. And we're going to spend £72 million pounds on him. Um, but yeah, no, going back to going back to the game, um, it was, you said nil-nil, you said at least a low-scoring game, didn't you? Um, in my review. Scoring, yeah. I, I just didn't want to forget, I, mean, I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't think it could be nil-nil. Just because yeah. I knew we were going to sit back. I've seen you play recently against Newcastle and Brighton, I think it was. And yeah. you really struggle to break teams down when they sit back. Oh yeah, we do really bad. It's going to be low, and that's look, and that's the other thing where it's the you know the need for creativity in the midfield because if you take, I mean, everybody, I mean, I was looking online, a lot of Arsenal fans were like, all right, bring Party on, bring Party on. It's like Party is not an attacking midfielder though; he's not a creative midfielder. What does bringing Party on do? I mean, I was slightly confused why we bought Sabias off and not Shaka because I thought Sabias, at least in terms of the passing, was a bit more productive in terms of going forward. Um, so I wasn't quite sure why we bought Sabias off and not and not Xhaka. But bringing Partey on didn't do anything other than just shore us up in the midfield. I mean, he won a, he won a lot of the balls. You know, he was definitely... He, I don't think he really lost a tackle and he was putting himself about, you know... Mm. Um, I think in terms of missed um, Martinelli because I think... I think it was those couple yes. of games you won. You had Martinelli, Saka and Smith-Rowe, the three youngsters behind Aubameyang. And then Lacazette's like a great impact sub, isn't he? Um, he is. I mean, to be fair, though, in recent times, Lacazette has been... Has he been starting? Um, he has. I mean, he scored against what? He scored against Chelsea. Scored, he scored against City, Chelsea, Brighton, two against West Brom, and then got an assist against Newcastle. So he's he's probably our most informed player. Um, and but I think you're right. The, the whole... Not just referencing uh, Tierney's absence, but also Martinelli's. Um, yeah, it was a massive blow today. Yeah, it's just it's just Williams um, not giving you anything. So, so you know, <laughs> I don't even know why he was on the bench, man. Piss off, he can go somewhere else. Mm. Does my nothing, that guy. I mean, he's put out a. He, there's an interview with him today where he's basically talking. He's like, I don't know why I'm off form. Well, I probably have an idea. You know, you're you're being paid two hundred grand a week to still live in London, so I wouldn't complain too much. Wow. You know, on a three-year contract, so um, yeah, it's that. I'm not even going to get into the William conversation because that's another one of those transfers where you're just like, "What the fuck? What the actual?" But um, he's yeah, he's just he's just not done it either, has he? Um, you know, we can all talk about Nicola Pepe not doing anything and costing that amount of money, but somebody in in terms of William who has won every single trophy that you could offer up to to a player to win. Yeah, and he's not been able to produce in the slightest. Yeah, it's like I'd almost, almost prefer to have our bench than yours because I just look at looking at your bench now. I just 
I mean, Joe Willock's okay, isn't it? Sometimes it's not. Joe Willock's okay. I think he needs a loan. I think he's yeah. he's that he's a he's, he's a mysterious player. Yeah, you don't know quite what his best position is. Hmm. Um, I mean, Inketia doesn't really fill me with the most confidence. If I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean for me, how you and Batshuayi on your bench, you'd probably have brought them on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I'd have probably brought Batshuayi on. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Hundred um, percent. I mean, I probably tonight would have left Lacazette on and bought Willian on. As much as I don't even want him near the bit yeah, of the game, I would have probably bought him on. Um, just because putting Willian out on the left or putting Pep out on the left and Willian out on the right would have given us a bit more from Aubameyang through the middle. Mm. Aubameyang might have been able to do something more through the middle, but we never really had the opportunity to get in and around the box. I think you crowded out that box, and I think having McCarthy and Milivojevic just sort of sit, not sit as much, but sit when we had the ball. Um, they were almost like, what's the word? Um, Siamese twins. That's what it was. They were just joined. They, were, they felt like they were joined. Every time we moved forward, they were like together. There didn't seem to be that much space between the two of them yeah. at any given time. Um, so, you know, it was it was very difficult to break them down, and yeah, you're right. Looking at the two benches, I don't. It didn't fill me with a lot of joy seeing Inketia come on. Um, yeah, I wasn't as worried. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the worst thing in it when somebody brings on a substitution and you're like, oh shit, he's really going to make a difference. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, for instance, if whenever we play against Wolves and if Adama Traore doesn't yeah. start, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, he he's going to destroy us when he gets on. You know, he's, he's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Worried. It's like when Sane used to come on for City. I was like, yes, oh my god, yes, it was bad. Mm. I mean, if you if you ever put Zaha on the bench and it's like, okay, yeah. cool, if there's anyone that's going to come on, it's going to be him. You're, you're yeah. like, I don't think any teams look at Arsenal and go, gosh, shit, Pepe's on the bench, we're, we're screwed if he comes on. <laughs> oh, look, Williams there. The there is now that they fear Arsenal because it used to be a Bamiang, but. No one's fearing him at the moment. Who do they actually fear? Tierney? <laughs> I think it's Kieran Tierney. Yeah. I think, listen, I think had Martinelli been on the bench, you're definitely then going, okay, okay, cool. If he yeah. comes on, then... Because I think, you know, he came on against Everton when he first came back for, what, 15 minutes? And he just... He was like... It was like a, a greyhound horse just running around a racetrack. It was like there was a rabbit. The ball was the rabbit, and he was just running, chasing after it. A greyhound horse, is that a thing? A greyhound horse. <laughs> <laughs> a greyhound dog, Jesus. Um, oh, my God. Um, but it was, that's what it was like. It was Basically, that's what he was like. Yeah. And that's what he does. Like yeah, He he doesn't stop. Energy, isn't he? That's your yeah. thing in this team. You don't have enough. Oh, massively. Players. No, we don't. Um, and so, you know, it, it was very difficult to... Especially, like I said at the start, with Tierney gone, not 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 in the squad, mm. um, to see at least sort of where the uh, momentum and where the pressure, uh, pressure, where the pressure was coming from in terms of Arsenal, um, and then, you, like you say, you know, you, you look at Pepe on the bench or Willian or Inquietio, and you, it doesn't fill you with the most joy. It doesn't fill you with like, oh, okay, cool, that these guys are going to be the guys that really change the game. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, it was it was a lot tougher than I actually thought it would be. Um, but 
closing thoughts, I will ask you how you feel um, the rest of your season is going to go. Because where you you're you're relatively comfortable, aren't you? You're not in the relegation battle, are you? No, it's just a point below you. <laughs> so that means we're in a relegation battle with you. Fantastic. Um. <laughs> We've got City next away, which you know. I think last year we drew two two. I think the year before we beat them three two. But I can't see us yeah. repeating the trick again. After that, I think we've got um, pretty much, uh, I think, six or eight games against teams in the bottom half. So I reckon we'll get a couple okay. of wins there, a couple of draws, and we'll be we'll be at 30 points before you know it. But I, I think we'll be fine this year. I think it'll be around where we are now we'll finish. Um, so it's just all about what we do next season. There's like six to eight first-teamers out of contract in June, or maybe more. Um Roy, I think it's 12, is it 12 on the cusp. Yeah. 12 between first teamers, youth, and on the cusp for yeah. our contract. Yeah, so it's quite a lot. I think there's like Benteke, Van Aanholt, uh, Seco, I think. Seco, yeah. Is it, it might be Schnuffle Towns, I can't remember. Yeah. There's a few. So I think some of them will, will renew, some of them we should, probably should say goodbye to. Um, yeah. I think the dreaded one as well is what happens with Wilf as well. Yeah. I think Especially it, after his um, interview with Carragher. Yeah. I didn't listen to it, but you told me about it, like basically saying about his move to Arsenal that could have happened. And... His move to Arsenal, and also there was basically, there was quite a few things in there where he essentially referenced that he still wants to move. Yeah, he does. He basically, yeah. And he was like, look, he goes, like, I'm a guy that wants to win things. I'm a guy that wants to always do better and make myself do better. And Without basically saying that Palace aren't going to win anything or saying that Palace aren't going to get him any better position, yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So he's 28 now, so he, I think yeah. he's probably got one big contract left in him, so he does need a big move. Maybe yes. it'll come this summer, yeah. um, which, I mean, hopefully we at least get to see him play live at Sellers to send, give him a send-off. I think it could yes. be the right time if, we, if you've got five, six players who you let, you don't renew their contracts. You sell Will for as much as you can. You potentially get a new manager in. You start buying in some yeah. younger players and yeah. get in with the good experience you've got there. It's probably yeah. not too bad, but I don't. I'd, I'd be surprised if we don't. We can't have too much change because then you're at risk of you know all falling apart. So I, I was going to say you're, you're at risk of that sort of massive overhaul, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I'd be surprised if we let loads of players go and let Wolf go and get a new manager because it's a bit risky. So maybe if Wilf goes, they try and get Roy to stay for another year just to steady the ship, and then maybe I don't know. It just depends. That's not get. a bad shout. I don't. The only problem is, do you leave that amount of money in if you do Roy sell uh, Wilf in Roy's hands to rebuild yeah, the squad? That's the don't. problem. So maybe you do have to get a new man um, if Wilf goes. Because I think I'm just trying to go through in my head what team would buy Wilf at this stage, or like what well. team? Because I don't. You know, look, obviously a lot was made about us trying to sign him for some we signed Pepe. Mm. Um, I don't look at it now and think we'd go back in for him. I think there's rumours that we're interested in um, this uh, young player called Manor Solomon from Shakhtar Donetsk. I think he's 21. He's a winger, plays in the same position. So we're, we're looking, we're, we're sort of erring on the side of below 25. And I think that was one of the reasons why we didn't try a lot more for him in that summer we signed Pepe because of the resale value. We wouldn't get anything back for Wolf. Um, and then I look at Everton, who I look, I think are doing relatively similar things. Mm. I don't think they would look for him because again, they they're playing four four two. 
and they've got Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. Unless one of those two leave Everton. So they play 4-3-3 with Rodriguez on the right. They, it's more of a, a diamond 4-4-2. Right. It's like Gomez, Decore, Alan, and then Hammers behind the two. Yeah. yeah. Um, behind Calvert-Lewin and, and Richarlison. And like I said, unless one of those two goes, mm. then I don't see them in the, being like needed for that. You know, similarly with Spurs, I think they've got that um, striker, Vinicius, whatever his name is, mm. um, from Benfica on a loan, but with an obligation or an option to buy. Um, obviously, you know, Gareth Bale is throwing up wonders, so there's no way he's not going to be in the side. You know, he's doing so well at Tottenham at the moment. Um, <laughs> I don't see the likes of Liverpool spending ridiculous amounts of money for mm-hmm. Wilf to not start, considering Jota's come in for 43 or 45 million. And he's not guaranteed game time. Well, he is guaranteed game, game time, but not from the start. Yeah. So I'll probably look at somewhere like maybe a Borussia Dortmund, who have been interested in him in the past. Yeah, or he, I mean, the only I think clubs if... in the league who I think could potentially get go for him is someone like Leicester, but they they don't often splash the cash, do they? So no, and plus they've got like, like him. they could, they could, but then they've got Harvey Barnes, who I look at. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, like Hardy's not getting any younger, but Harvey Barnes is twenty two, mm-hmm. and I I listen. There's a lot of players I take at Arsenal, but he's definitely one of them. Yeah, I think you're. I think he'll probably go abroad. And I, I was thinking about today and. Um, you know, whenever I spoke to James about it, he said, oh, I don't want him to go abroad. And sometimes I thought, oh, I'd want to see him still play. But actually, I would not want to see him play because I wouldn't want to play against him. And I wouldn't want him to kill. Yeah. And everyone would no. be like, oh, let's exactly. they realise how good he is now. So maybe it was, yes. maybe somewhere in France, maybe maybe Dortmund, maybe sometimes he's linked to PSG. Um, I was going to say, I was going to just about to say that with Poch. Yeah, Poch tried to sign him before at Tottenham. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you have a front three of Zaha, Neymar and Mbappe. That would be a quite a scary front three. Oh, good to watch, wouldn't it? Yeah. But I have a feeling, I just have a strange fee. And plus, I don't think the fee would be as high if he went abroad as if he went to the Premier League. Don't get me wrong, like we've we've had this discussion before where it's it's down to the team how much they value the player at. Yeah. But you're all you're you're always kind of like, okay, what well if if an English club come in for him it's 70 million. If in the foreign club come in, it's 50 because you're not selling to a direct rival or somebody who's going to, yeah, like, you know, probably adds a bit in the same that. league. I can't remember which summer. It was summer where Everton bid something for him. Was it 50 or 60? I can't remember. Um, yeah. I think that was his peak value summer because obviously he's running down the contract a bit more now. Yes. He's getting a bit older. Yeah. So I think he's probably... 50, 60 million now is probably what we'll be asking for. I mean, look, I think... Yeah, I think, spoiler alert, I think it'll be Dortmund. I think Sancho, if he goes to United, Dortmund will go in for sit for him. Mm. I have a feeling. But, but you know what? I was listening to um, another podcast with um, the guy, Dan, from uh, Hopkin looking to kill one, HLTCO, mm. on Twitter. And he was basically saying that in Wolf's new contract that he signed, there was no release clause, there was no relegation clause there's nothing in there that forces Palace's hand to sell yeah unless and don't get me wrong like obviously Palace fans you're not gonna um begrudge him a move but at the same time it's like well you're our best player if we've got x amount of players like we said leave in the summer do we can we really afford to let you go and potentially let Roy go as well yeah it's really tough to call I'm just looking at the odds and think Everton are favourites than you 
are they? Dortmund really? And Atletico Madrid. I mean, Atletico, really? But I mean, Everton. I think the Atletico Madrid. Everton could get him. In. Sorry. He wanted to go to Everton, yeah. apparently, because. Um... But that was the summer that they signed Iwobi in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. For 40 million. So they bid the same for Zaha. They Obviously, Palace turned it down. We said, yes, please take him. <laughs> but I just don't think um, Everton really be the move that's going to get him a trophy. Like, I, no, 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 they, it, it really they won't. They get Champions League, they might get Europa League. But I think if you're going to leave Palace, surely you've got to leave to a club pretty established in the Champions League. I think he should yes. aim to play in the Champions League. And I don't even think that's you at the moment. No offence. I, I don't think you're... No, no, well, well, no. Believe me, none taken. We've been at the Champions League for the last for five years now. This has yeah, been fifth year. I think he's got to go to a Dortmund or Madrid, Madrid or a PSG or somewhere like that where he's guaranteed Champions League football. I'm just trying to work out if... Is he disciplined enough to play for Simeone? I, I, I can't see that. It's... I mean, don't get me wrong. Listen, I'd love him. I, you know, for my my Spanish team is Atletico Madrid, so that would be a fantastic move for him. I'd love to see him there. Could he go United? Oh God, no! I think they've just signed um, Ahmad Diallo from At- Atalanta for thirty-two million. He's eighteen. He's a winger. I don't see oh, really? them okay. now. Yeah, I don't see them now spending Martial, another. Rashford. They have to get rid of one of them. They have to get rid of Martial. Yeah. I mean, there is a twenty-five. Twenty-five percent. You said. Yeah. Um, in that, um, that is the yeah, yeah. So um, they get him 25% cheaper than anyone else, basically. Basically, um, I mean, listen, I think I think Dortmund was the destination mm. or PSG. If PSG coming from, I don't think he'd look elsewhere, I don't think he'd need to look elsewhere. I think you know, you're technically yeah. guaranteed two trophies a season, yeah, and Paris not far from London. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah, and to be fair, listen, I actually was quite surprised. I saw, I saw he he actually speaks French as well. Obviously, yeah, I know yeah, he was yeah. born in every first, doesn't he? But yeah, I didn't actually realize he spoke French, um, which is you know quite ignorant of me to think that. But I was watching a couple of YouTube clips of him speaking French. I was like, okay, he, he can actually speak good French. Not yeah. that I speak French, but I can I was listening to him speak French thinking it was good. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think France so. Would be a good destination for him. PSG would yeah. be amazing, guaranteed. I mean, PSG surely in France would be the only destination would, for him. I don't think it'd be so exciting to watch him and Mbappe and Neymar yeah. together. To be yeah. honest, it'd be just exciting to see Zaha play of quality players. We like we've yes. never seen it. Yeah, and I think with 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 Zaha, I think he would you say he's been guilty of being too loyal to stick around for too long, or do you think maybe not that many clubs are actually in from him at the times? Uh, well, I just want to go back on my statement. Actually, he did have quality time in Galatasaray and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's referenced that as well in the past. Now, and he was—he's the only mm. player. But I think I don't think he's been too loyal because he did leave. I think when he left, yes, yeah. he was very unfortunate that he ended up with Moisey and not Fergie. Uh, <laughs> then United ruined him. Um, didn't oh, pay him. We loaned him out to Cardiff. Did nothing happen there. Then we saved him again. We helped him to develop even more. And then ever since he's reached his peak last three, four years, really, he's been wanting to leave. So he's been vocal about wanting to leave. So I don't think he's been loyal. Um, I think. Actually, to be fair, I was going to say I didn't really think of it like that. Yeah. How do you put it like that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's been disrespectful. Because he's always given his best and he's always, he loves yes. it. He always wants Palace to do well. And he knows he can 
his what Palace is able to achieve is not as much as what he is able to achieve. So I think he he knows he's only got one career. I think he's just been unlucky yeah. really as well. I think the club he's too valuable for the club. Um, he's almost his own worst enemy. That he's so good that it'd be it'd be such a loss for him to go. Yeah, and I think the fans love him so much that they don't want him to go. And I think maybe that plays a little bit of a part in us holding on to him yeah. dearly because he's kind yeah. of grown. Uh, yeah. But it just hasn't worked out for him. He's just not had the moves. I think that summer where Everton could have got him or you got him was his big chance. Um, yes. Maybe he'll get another chance. Well, I think he, yeah, because I was going to say, he actually referenced the fact that you know, other than the actual transfer fee involved between Arsenal and Palace, the deal was pretty much done yeah. for Zaha to come to Arsenal. Yeah. You know, he referenced the fact that he'd spoken to Emery and Emery basically said, there's nothing we need to talk about because you're, I want you at Arsenal. It's going to be fine. We'll sort it out. And then it just never happened. They went for Pepe. And I think, um, I think personally, had you won the FA Cup, what season was it, 2016, 17? 15, 16. Yeah. 15. yeah. I think had you won the FA Cup that summer, not that he would have forced a move, but I reckon he would have pushed more for a move, at least because he's then won a trophy at Palace and then he can then focus on another club, maybe, if that, yeah. if that makes sense. Um well, whether anybody would have been in for him that summer, that's different, obviously different matter. But um, I think I he would have at least... He was, um, that season, he wasn't the... Balassi was the star. And Balassi got... Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Balassi got the move to Everton, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, and that didn't work out very well. <sighs> yeah, um, I, feel, I, feel, I feel bad for him, to be fair. He was a quality player. Yeah, he, he was. His best years at us. He shouldn't have left, really. But, I mean, no, he, 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 he didn't have a bad luck of injury, so that's probably cost him. Yes. But... Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So I think I think yeah I think we'll be alright. What, what do you think for the rest? How does this help you for your season? Um. So <laughs> I was going to mate. To be fair, it's just, that's what it's about, right? Uh, look. So we've got Newcastle coming up at home on Monday, which yeah. I think we've got, we've got. I think we will. And then it's a trip to St Mary's, um, which. I mean, we don't do too well at St. Mary. We beat them last season there. Mm. Um, and then wow, you got home to United. Yeah, home to United and away towards, away to Villa. I think if we can take, so look, I mean, what, one, three points, one. Wow, I think we could beat United. Away to Leicester. I think we, yeah, I think we could beat United. I think we can get a point at Wolves. Uh, who knows with Villa? Because Villa are not on the best run of form. They're not on the form of earlier this season. So... Mm. We don't, you know, you can never tell. No. And with us, you can't tell either because it's a case of what Arsenal turns up. Is it the Arsenal that turned up against West Brom, against Chelsea? Or is it the Arsenal that turned up of, you know, a week before that game? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so are you going to revive your third place finish? <laughs> I think I have to, don't I? I think that's out of the question now, isn't it? Um, you only eight points. Is this... <sighs> that's the other thing. The points... The, the way the season is going, anything is possible. Yeah. Obviously, other than top two, anything below third and third below is possible. You're taking 10 points for the last four. So if you, say if you do that again somehow, then you'd be on 34-22, um, which would probably get you into the top half by yeah. that time. So it's still a long way to go. I mean, I'd, I'd be very... It's a lot, of course it is. And, you know, look, all it, yeah, it's, I'd, I'd be surprised if we get... Even Europa League. I think our best chance yeah. of Europa League is either an FA Cup win or winning the Europa League. And if we win the Europa League, then it changes everything in terms of what we can do this summer. Yeah, we get Champions League. 
So then it, it changes everything in terms of what you can do this summer in terms of transfers. Yeah. Your status as a football club then goes back up to Champions League football. Yeah, mate. And you would tight cry tears of joy if you get the Champions League game, wouldn't you? Hundred percent. I'd be. I'd listen. If we get Champions League, I'm running around your street naked. There you go. Not mine. Yours. I don't want to be seen around my area too much. I'll have to warn um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but listen. I think we can end it on that bright, happy image for everyone to to see. It's horrible. Why have you got um, that? My 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 uh, my one my one parent. <laughs> no, we'll have another one. Too, like, yeah, yeah, we will. I was going to say, when do we play each other again? Uh... Is it April? No, can't be April. Is it April, March, March, April? No, it'll be April, isn't it, or May? It's called <laughs> the end of the season now, isn't it? It's basically the end of the two months from here. It's, it's uh, May, May the 15th. Oh, it's penultimate game. It's, yeah, penultimate game. Um, where we could still be a point away from each other. So, listen, battle for 15th is on, mate. We actually finish above you for once. That would be quite... I would only... I would, in that scenario there, I would only dread to think where we would end up in the league <laughs> because you're like that sort of anywhere between 10th and 16th is sort of your range isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. so if we end up below you god knows where we end up yeah, i don't think we finished up anywhere but 10th to 15th mad we've never mad. been in the bottom, bottom five bottom four uh but we've never we've only once got to the top half yeah um, and mad. It. um You've got, I mean, for Arsenal, I think that I think all of the top clubs have had one bad season where they finished like, yeah, Liverpool finished yeah, eighth, United finished seventh, Chelsea finished Chelsea eighth. finished tenth, yeah, yeah. Spurs, I think probably finished eighth, ninth, and fourth. I mean, we finished eighth last season. Yeah, but I don't think anyone's finished bottom half. So you've you've got to try and not do that. <laughs> all right, listen, history makers in the making, mate. Come on, record breakers. <laughs> Um, but listen, I think we'll leave it on that bright note uh, because I think we spoke more about other things than the actual game tonight because that's that's quite a task to do because yeah. the game is shit. Let's be fair. Um, but listen, thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming on again, guys. Palace fans, Zach Ooze at Zach Ooze on Twitter, where you can find him. Um, we'll do another one of these, obviously, like we just mentioned, the penultimate game of the season. So good luck for the rest of the season until we play you again, obviously. Yeah, see you in four um, months. We'll have a new nil. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck for your FPL as well, because yeah, yeah, you're still ahead of me. That's the only positive about tonight. I got uh, two clean sheets. Oh man! Mitchell, so. Yeah, same. So, and I got one from Saka as well. So. Oh, I got Zaha too. So, happy days. Oh yeah, happy days indeed, all round. Uh, listen, guys, this has been Kringle Talks Football. Another episode. I will do a reaction video shortly, or maybe tomorrow morning, depending on what time. We'll wrap this one up, and I will speak to you all again soon. Zach, thank you very much, sir. See you later. Oh, come on. You should have done thank you. See you later. Oh, thank you. See you later, guys. Take care.